1: Hello, I'm Pete Weitzner, in for Rick Franzi, and you are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show. We come to you every Tuesday at 4 o'clock live on octalkradio.net, which is Orange County's only community radio station. So you can listen to us live on the internet. You can also watch us live next half hour. On Facebook Live and YouTube, just uh, punch in OC Talk Radio. And at the bottom of the hour, our, guests will, our guest will be Ehab Shahawi. He and his wife, the CEOs and founders of Sales. That's a company that supervises, trains adults and kids with intellectual and development disabilities. It's the old saying, if you can find something you love to do and make a contribution back to society you found the perfect job and they clearly have been at it for more than 20 years but right now our guest is rich allen not the baseball player if you're my age or older but the businessman and author and his new book is called the ultimate business tune-up With so many firms and organizations in society, it's difficult, we know, for small businesses to shine through the big names or other small businesses. But with the help of author Rich Allen's book, The Ultimate Business Tune-Up, business leaders can turn their focus to an effective strategic plan that actually works. And Rich joins us today to share the secret behind sustaining a small business. Rich, thank you very much for joining us on Critical Mass Radio Show.
2: Thanks, Pete. Glad to be here.
1: First, a little bit about your background before we get to the book and all the secrets inside it. Your background,
2: yeah. I, I, honestly, I wish I could tell you that I was that baseball guy. you <laughs> That would be that would be for me like even better.
1: Richie, um, call me Dick Allen. I think sounds like you remember him. <laughs> yeah, I do.
2: I do. I'm I'm that age as well. <laughs> But no, my background, I'm uh, I'm actually uh, one of 12 children from a, a family that uh, had a dad who was his own small business owner, and I lived that as I was growing up. Watched my dad struggle through that whole process of trying to run his own business, and... Later on, had a chance myself to go run a manufacturing business, a fairly sizable one. And
1: where was this, Rich? With
2: business owners to help them figure it out.
1: Where? What what part of the country was was this?
2: Actually, I was I I was raised in Ohio, believe it or not, near Cleveland. So I'm a you know I'm a Cleveland native, but reside today in, in just north of Dallas.
1: Okay, and so stayed in the manufacturing business for a while. Still in it.
2: Yeah, I was, well, I was with a small firm called Texas Instruments for a while. And, uh, <laughs> and then ended up, uh, I ended up, for the last 10 years, running a business uh, up in Minnesota where we were manufacturing doors. So um, I had 10 years of door manufacturing before I ended up leaving the corporate world, started my own business, to, and moved back to Texas.
1: Gotcha. And the inspiration for writing—and forgive me, your first book—or you've written several. The no, inspiration this is my second. Okay,
2: this is this is my second. But but the inspiration was really my dad. My dad passed away about uh, three years ago, and you know, as he was in, in his later years, it, it just—it struck me how the lessons that he had, or the things that he had dealt with, were so rich in what what I think other business owners were dealing with, that I actually wrote this book as a tribute to my dad.
1: What did he, so what were some of the things he told you, and I'm sure they're, of course, they're in the book, that other business owners, and we're talking, we're talking small business here, or are we talking mid-sized business? But
2: no, we're really talking small business, right? It's, this is really for husband and wife teams, maybe entrepreneurs, you know, small business, I say under $10 million in revenue. Right, they're not at the size to be large corporate entities or or have a large structure. They're doing it themselves, many are owner operator.
1: And what are they so what are the things they're dealing with and how much do you think those things have changed from your dad's time, from how he related them to you to present day?
2: You know, I honestly Pete, I don't think a whole lot has changed. Obviously technology has, but the fundamentals of running a business haven't. And one of the things that, that I think was a big struggle for my dad, which I see today still in many um, small businesses, is the whole notion of not being able to focus on what matters most, right? The small business owner gets trapped into all the execution elements of the business down to the daily details, and they... They rarely have time to, to work on the business. They find themselves, and grow the business. Yeah, they find themselves in the technician position.
1: So what is what is the key? I, I'm, I know this is in your book. What is yeah. the key then so you can focus on growing your business, marketing it, um, innovating because competition comes in, technology makes it available to innovate, find new sales, um, revenue streams. What is the key then to freeing yourself up?
2: Well, here's the, here's the way I kind of came about this, Pete. I, and, and I did this by using it in the manufacturing business I ran. But I was trying to get people who didn't know about business to understand how business worked. And I came across this thought that a good metaphor for a business is a bike, <laughs> a bicycle. And actually, you can take every component of a bike, and it relates almost perfectly to an aspect of a well-functioning business. And we all understand what it takes to ride a bike or what it feels like when we get on a bike that's really cool and, and is, and goes really fast. Or we also know what it feels like when we're on one that's not so, doesn't work so well. Um, and so I simply apply the, the methodology that of, of using a bike as a metaphor for a business. And if you think about the different components and think about tuning up your bike, it's a it's a fairly easy transition to make into knowing what to do for your business.
1: It may be hard for you to cite on the spot, but perhaps you can. One or two examples from the book, maybe, and then relate them maybe to the bicycle
2: metaphor. Sure, I will. Yeah, there are a couple that are very obvious, right? When you and I were younger, we used to love riding our bikes without using our hands,
1: right? <laughs> That's a big deal. That's
2: kind of what made <laughs> us cool. Well, now that we're older, we can't. And if we run a business, we can't either. So we have to grab the handlebars, and we have to steer our bike, steer our business just like we steer a bike. And the way we do that is by painting a vision of where we want to go. And that vision has got to be powerful. It's got to be compelling. It's got to be motivating. People that hear it have to say, wow, I want to help you get there. And so one of the things that that business owners have to do is grab the handlebars of their bike and steer their business intentionally. All
1: right, so you're you're a big believer. I would consider this maybe old school. My first employer was Johnson & Johnson, which is about as old school as they get, and they were very big, and I'm, I'll bet they are today, on having a written credo, mission statement, if you will. It sounds like you subscribe to that.
2: You know, I do, Pete, because, because what I find is and particularly with hiring millennials today or some of the younger kids.
1: We can talk about that after the break. Right.
2: Yeah, maybe. yeah, that's but but you know they want to, they want to work for a company that has a purpose. They want to they want to work with somebody who's doing something more than just trying to line the pockets of the business owner. So you have to know where you're going. You have to know what you stand for. And and that's all about painting the vision. Here's what we're trying to do with this business and if it's simply just to make you money, they're, they're not likely going to work all that hard to peddle your business for you very hard.
1: Right. We are talking with Rich Allen. He's the author of, and this is his second book, he's a longtime small businessman, and his second book is called The Ultimate Business Tune-Up. We're going to talk about what he does or what he advises people to do when you build a strategy and the outcome is different from what you predicted. Other things coming up with Rich Allen. And you're listening to octalkradio.net. And this show is Critical Mass Radio Show.
0: Richard Franzi is the author of two popular business books for CEOs. His first book, Critical Mass, The Ten Explosive Powers of CEO Peer Groups, was the first book ever written on the secret value of CEO Peer Groups.
1: Welcome back to Critical Mass Radio Show. I'm Pete Weitzner, in for Rick Franzi. You're listening to our show on octalkradio.net. That's Orange County's only community radio station. You're listening live now. You can also listen to podcasts on octalkradio.net as well as criticalmassforbusiness.com. I want to remind you, at the bottom of the hour, Ehab Shahawi joins us. He and his wife are the CEO and founder of Sales. That's a company that trains adults and kids with intellectual and development disabilities for the workforce. They've been at it for more than 20 years. Right now, we're visiting with two-time author Rich Allen, longtime small businessman. His most recent book is The Ultimate Business Tune-Up. So back with Rich. You preach that it's important... To have people, and we we're talking about how you develop that loyalty and trust in millennials, which is who everyone is hiring, of course, these days. To the extent you're right. hiring younger people, to have that trust with them, especially with a startup. So, how do you find that? How do you get that? What well, you call them, passion MVPs, I think.
2: Right. I mean, you've got to, you've got to build yourself a team of powerful players, and the way you do that. In, in using the bike as a as a metaphor, is you have to position the seat so that it, it is a comfortable ride. And so what that means is you've got to have a compelling compensation program and a good communications plan and a good way to involve people in your business and a good incentive program. Those are the elements that make it easy for someone to jump on your bike and help pedal really hard for you.
1: Gotcha. But and again, it's that's not one thing. Right, right. Within, I mean, and if we all had the wherewithal to do that, we would. do I always uh, tell folks, if you can, you pay folks the day of the work. Um, you know, little things like that mean a lot. Uh, so it's thing. But beyond compensation, how do you inspire that loyalty?
2: Well, you know, I think there are ways that uh, many business owners we've found have been able to. Create the, the idea that you're an owner without giving away ownership. Gotcha. And that is by, by creating some type of a profit share type arrangement and engage them in the, in the notion that, look, if we can make this business successful and grow, that there's something in it for you as well. And, and that doesn't have to come as hard compensation, but it does have to come as participation in the gains of the
1: company. Well and there's there's concepts called shadow equity, things like that. And really these are twenty seventeen concepts. The days of the pension and whatnot are so long over. And going- you have right, you have to instill that well, we'd love to compensate you well or better, but the top line has to grow and the bottom line.
2: Exactly. And it and, and there are ways and we've done this with many companies to Small companies, so it doesn't matter the size. This can be as small as you can imagine. But just engaging with them to say, look, as we do this, you will participate. And, frankly, that's that's part of what drives people to want to be engaged, Wants to help you want to make the business
1: better. What has been your experience and what do you write about in the book when you, you drop these plans and you have this you know you have these ideas to, to hire good people, but for whatever reason, um, you, you hit a shallow spot in, in the business. Maybe you have to let people go may, whatever. Do You have an example of what maybe when that's happened to you in your long history of business or what do you would, or examples you give in, uh, in the ultimate business tune-up where this happens? How do you survive that?
2: No, I think it happens for everybody. I think everyone goes through that, and I've certainly do- gone through that. We had a time when we, we really had the wrong type of customer, and so we couldn't afford the, the number and the types of people that we were hiring, so while we were making a transition in terms of getting to the right type of customer, the one that could pay us what we what we felt we were worth, we had to let some people go. Now, you obviously have to do that in a very, um, you know, in an appropriate way, but what I think I've found is that is that people get it. People know more, and they under, understand more about what's going on in the business than we oftentimes give them credit for, particularly if we communicate with them how the business is doing and what's happening in the business.
1: A friend of mine used to have to a saying. Let, let me know if you subscribe to this. He used to have a saying, probably still does. When people ask him how the business is going, he always says, business is great, but I'm looking for more.
2: Right. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's an easy way out rather right. than just, you know, in, in, in fact, I'm working with a business now that I'm a, a, a partner with. And, and it's, look, we've got some struggles. We have to share that with people. You can't hide the bad news from from your employees and expect them to come alongside you and help you work it out. And no business owner is smart enough to figure it all out on their own. None of us are.
1: So you right. I'm sorry you you excuse me you've written this this book Ultimate Business Tune-up for Talk to me about the what made you decide to write this second book it's never an easy undertaking
2: No it it isn't but but I've I've used the bike as a metaphor for with so many businesses and it works so well that it it just I I had this just this passion to to get this message out so that more people can can understand it kind of use it because because what what I think most people are missing is just something that that they can relate to because otherwise it seems like it's too complicated right it's it, the business,
1: too many challenges may
2: uh, have some challenge but it's but it's just too difficult for me to figure out what to do next
1: so again it may be a little cliched you focus on or and do you you focus on one thing at a time you do and you
2: decide what needs to be tuned up first right if i'm on my bike and i've got a problem with my front tire i'll work on that well the front tire of a business is the marketing and sales it's winning new customers the back wheel is serving customers so you got to ask yourself where do i need to fix my processes or where do i need to improve and focus there and and then you can move to other parts of the bike as you go along but but by by using a metaphor that some that everyone in the business understands, everybody can participate in solving the problem.
1: Right, and and that which leads to my next question. We've just got a few more minutes to go with Rich yeah. Allen, the author of Ultimate Business Tune-Up. Um, so the secret behind sustaining a small business is, I think, you just alluded to it. How do you keep your customers?
2: It is right. You've got a once you get the front wheel moving. You've got to make sure that the back wheel, you're delivering more than what you've committed on the front. You've got to over-deliver on the promise you made. Because many more people, if you don't, many more people have an easier way to talk about you in a negative than you have <laughs> the funds to talk about you in the positive.
1: I have to ask, I ask everyone I interview, whether it's it's uh, in the business realm I mean, I'm a professor of broadcast journalism. I'm bringing in all kinds of guests that are in journalism and broadcasting and asking them how the Internet has impacted their business. There's some positive. There's certainly some negative. So as you write your book and talk about businesses, some of which may be digitally oriented businesses. They are. For sure have some presence on the Internet just your overall impressions what do you maybe you consult what do you tell folks as far as how they should react to the digital world and to having an internet presence sometimes they may get very bad feedback on the internet
2: right i yeah you know what i would tell them pete and i would say this to everybody you have to participate right it's it's it but
1: don't feed the trolls. <laughs> no, don't
2: feed the trolls, but you have to be smart about how you play. and, and you. But you do have to participate. You have to play. And, and the best way to do that is to be proactive. Don't wait for bad things to happen. Seed your future with a lot of positives by being on social, being in a positive way, getting asking folks to give you positive reviews. And, and responding when somebody doesn't. And that, to me, you know, those who don't and they try to ignore it or hope it'll go away are those who find that, that everybody is finding who to look for by looking at Google Places.
1: But it's, it's such, that's, that's such a hard one, though, when you say respond to folks who don't give you positive feedback because you know that can end... That can go on a long time. <laughs> yeah, I
2: wouldn't say yeah, I, I wouldn't say get in the debate. I <laughs> right. would just say thank them for their thank them for their feedback. And move make on. Make a commitment that you'll do it better and and focus your time on, on and serving customers in a way that everybody sure. says well, that they come to your rescue.
1: As I mentioned, we're just winding it down here. Well, I, I feel you always and I, I tell this to my the adjuncts I hire uh, as professors, I feel when you when you teach for the first time or teach, uh, you you relearn your, your stock and trade. What did you learn by writing this book? That maybe you, I'm sure you already knew, but maybe you relearned.
2: No, I, I, you know, there were some huge learnings, and I think one of them was that success starts in the mindset of the business owner. So we can put together all. All the tactics and strategies that we want, but as a business owner, you have to have the mindset of success and the mindset of abundance if you're going to be successful in business today.
1: So, re- regardless, e- even in the dry patches, you have to keep the optimism going, the positive attitude for your it, own. For it's your- one
2: of the fundamental roles of a business owner they've got to be the they've got to be the solid cheerleader who who looks to find the positive that's going on in the business and not get so distracted or discouraged when things do go wrong, because they will.
1: Just a couple of things to wrap up, and then we want to ask you to tell folks where they can find your book. And find you, but as you may know, Rick uh, compiles several, he's coming on his third edition of Critical Mass Power of CEO Guiding Principles. What, Rich Allen, what is your, is there, you have a guiding principle for you as a business person, as an author?
2: I do. And I do think that the guiding principle that I try to get people to understand is, if you want to create a really successful business, have a purpose that's greater than yourself. It, you will, you will be the benefactor of doing good work in society with the with the success that you have in your business but have that in mind what's your purpose what difference do you want to make and if you can if you can center on that people will come alongside you customers will flock your way and you'll be extraordinarily successful
1: we'll finish up by uh, where can people find the book where can people find out more about rich allen
2: Right. There are two quick, easy ways. Just ultimatebusinesstuneup.com, and you'll find the book. And if you want to find me specifically, you can find me at tourdeprofit.com, like Tour de France, like the, <laughs> the bike race, tourdeprofit.com, and you'll find all the information about me, free tips, advice, those kinds of things.
1: Rich Allen is the author of The Ultimate Business Tune-Up. Richard, it uh, it's been a pleasure Thank you very much for joining us on Critical Mass Radio Show. Enjoy the conversation. Thanks for having me. You bet. And up next, at the bottom of the hour, we'll visit with the CEO and founder of Sales, Ehab Shahawi. This is a company that trains adults and kids with intellectual and developmental disabilities for the workforce. He's been doing it for more than 20 years. Ehab Shahawi, up next on octalkradio.net.